Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 65 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. I'm your host, C.D. Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. And this week, a very special week. It is the last stop on the road to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. It's also my second last stop covering it on the show, but it's my fourth Stop in total. I cannot wait to be at my fourth consecutive NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. It's my most anticipated event of the year. It feels like my WrestleMania weekend. Granted, I don't personally have a WrestleMania weekend to compare it to, but I'd imagine it's close to the feeling I get when such intense NXT action is headed my way. This week, we cover the Aleister Black footage. Unfortunately, Shifting the landscape of the NXT Championship matchup, Aleister Black attacked viciously in the parking lot last week, would force General Manager William Regal to show his hand, change the card around a little bit, and we will have a last man standing match between Johnny Gargano and now NXT Champion Tommaso Ciampa. But let's jumpstart things a little bit differently in the tag team division, a little bit of a shift in attitude from a grim Aleister Black beatdown and a last man standing match. We're going to start off with the swagger of the Street Profits. Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford taking on the mighty Shane Thorne and Nick Miller. The mighty different attitude of Shane Thorne and Nick Miller has granted them a couple of victories over some premier NXT tag teams. We've seen them victorious over heavy machinery in the past as well as the Street Profits. Street Profits suffering the same sort of defeat as Heavy Machinery, but the Street Profits would be a major road, major roadblock, I should say, in the path of the Mighty. The Mighty costing, excuse me, the Street Profits costing the Mighty a shot. This is what happens when the adrenaline rush of TakeOver Brooklyn 4 kicks in. The Mighty would be stopped By the Street Profits last week, causing a party in the arena and heavy machinery would be granted a redemption victory. No more nonsense as far as the Mighty is concerned, but the Street Profits are always looking to bring the good time. There is no more electric entrance in NXT than what the Street Profits bring. No matter how big or how small, how young or how old, the Profits will manage to find a way to bring you in to their party and grant you a little bit of time in their entrance. The chemistry with the crowd is really undeniable. And it seems to be the opposite with uh, Shane Thorne and Nick Miller as of late. The mighty receiving a mighty bit of heat from the Full Sail University crowd. Let's jump into the action, though it was a mighty fine start to this match for Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne and Nick Miller able to take down the smaller of the two, Montez Ford, Montez Ford, impressive athlete in his own right, but Dawkins is the power and size of this tag team. Thorne would even start to talk Ford out of the ring, saying how they belong out in the crowd, celebrating with them. They don't belong in between the ropes with a credible tag team such as the Mighty. But the Profits would bring a different, a little bit of a different activity to their agenda and would straight represent all the way from Wakanda, a Black Panther splash. Wakanda and Street Profits forever a high point in this matchup for me. Just when you didn't think the Marvel and NXT parallels could shift any more than with the Thanos as Tommaso Ciampa and the Star-Lord role, I suppose, Johnny Gargano playing 
Anyway, Wakanda Forever, Street Profits, impressive tandem moonsaults, but the Mighty's no-nonsense attitude would continue in this match, grounding the Street Profits. We're used to seeing a little bit of fast electric offense out of at least Shane Thorne. Nick Miller, always the power half of this team, but Shane Thorne would take to the skies. He seems to be grounding himself to match this attitude change, and fittingly so, they are also a hard-hitting team. The Australians have a vicious punch of their own. But the Montez Ford, a hot tag, all fired up throughout Full Sail University, would craft together a win and a very familiar strategy. Montez Ford would turn a tight strategy around on the mighty, and Montez Ford, hot tag, lots of creative offense, would lead to a roll-up and a bit of a shoe-on-the-other-foot ending for the formerly known TM61. The mighty suffering a loss to the Street Profits. So Street Profits and Heavy Machinery able to get a dose of redemption over the team with their underhanded tactics. They both get victories over the mighty. It feels like the mighty are in a... They brought this on themselves, but they're in a one-versus-all when it comes to members of the tag team division. It started by talking smack about the War Raiders. That didn't go too well for them. Heavy Machinery, another big-sized tag team, picking up a victory over them. Street Profits, able to bounce back, bring a good time, and a victory under their belts as well. So the Mighty might be suffering a little bit for this change of attitude on their part. We'll get to more NXT Tag Team Division action in a second, but before their matchup later on, Shayna Baszler, NXT Women's Champion, would be seen talking to NXT veteran, I would say, at this point, and uh, if you haven't seen the WWE Network's Breaking Ground special, we learn a lot about her. Of course, if you know who I'm talking about, you know I'm talking about Aaliyah, Kyrie Sane's later tonight's opponent's Kind of coaching, kind of coaching Aaliyah through sort of a striking background. Seemed like Baszler would be emphasizing the use of sharp elbows, and based on the visual setup, it looked like sharp elbows to the back of Kyrie Sane. To nobody's real surprise, the shoulder and neck area, a target of that Kirafuda clutch. Now let's jump back into tag team action. The Undisputed Era getting a pre-match promo on Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate and Roderick Strong would lock up in a familiar Philadelphia rematch as the main event of NXT television tonight. And just based on this promo, a couple observations. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Trophy got a lot smaller since uh, since you saw it on the entrance ramp. I don't know if they set the machine from Mini to from Wombo to Mini or. Any other Spongebob reference you want to throw from that episode? I don't know what happened to the cup. I guess it's just a bit of more more space-friendly, I'd say. Uh, environmentally conscious, if you will, of, uh, of anybody else in the environments of the trophy and the tag team titles. Just too much gold to hold for the Undisputed Era. Trent Seven does claim he will be 100% for their tag team championship rematch this Saturday. But if Trent is 100, then the Undisputed Era are feeling four digits. They are feeling 1,000. Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish still currently sidelined with his injury, but still a supportive part of this unit. And of course, the North American champion, Adam Cole, baby. None of these four men are shorting any confidence going in to take over Brooklyn Four. 
The era is looking as confident as era, but somebody looking to shape their own confidence going into a championship opportunity is the Pirate Princess and inaugural Mae Young Classic winner, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane taking on the aforementioned Aaliyah, being coached by Shayna Baszler earlier in this episode. I could definitely see Aaliyah as a sort of mentor under the foot of Shayna Baszler. Just think about the sort of opposite directions these careers have taken in NXT. Shayna Baszler able to make an immediate, immediate impact from her MMA background. Aaliyah is a talent we've seen in NXT for years at this point in this developmental system. Shayna Baszler's already champion. Aaliyah's been looking to break out and achieve some of these opportunities. With a little bit of coaching and a bit of a serious attitude shift and a little bit more viciousness that we all have seen the Queen of Spades bring to the NXT Women's Division, maybe attempting to get on the champion's good side wouldn't be such a bad move for Aaliyah's career. is definitely looking for some sort of character direction that can stick. Last, last thing I remember really standing out was her at the side of Liv Morgan a little while back. Her as the standout electronic dance music chick you would see at Coachella or one of these festivals, the Cat's Meow Aaliyah, I thought would be a really good babyface and sticking character for her. Now out of nowhere, it kind of seems like this character immediately flipped direction and is on the opposite side of the card in a bit more of a vicious and, I don't want to say diva-like attitude, but some more of a pompous attitude and really standing up for herself and reflecting the looks. Just something that stood out to me about Aaliyah, and I'm going to jump off Aaliyah right into the assault of Kyrie Sane this evening. Aaliyah's attitude now is not fitting the entrance music that she's adapting. I really feel like the fast-paced, upbeat, really standout, babyface sort of attitude would fit Aaliyah a little bit better. But speaking of entrance music, Shayna Baszler's entrance music would also hit shortly after this match would begin, and Baszler would be back behind the desk on the commentary table. A lot more impressive this week, a lot more trying to sell why she would be so dominant over Kyrie Sane, not just vagues, but also really specifics she had to call out about her opponent's character. She claims that Kyrie Sane lacks the killer instinct that Baszler has. We've seen this Baszler's killer instinct adapt. We've seen her adapt her adversities in a matchup, popping her shoulder back into place in the match against Ember Moon. So Shayna Baszler obviously has a little something of an edge over Kyrie Sane, or so we thought. So we thought. A strike-heavy showing from Aaliyah, heat from Full Sail University, great. Not, not shedding any of the confusion I still have for my aforementioned points about Aaliyah, but a very good showing, and Aaliyah can definitely sell the ass-whooping she took from Kyrie Sane. Sane displaying a submission-style emphasis in this match, clearly a message to the current NXT Women's Champion. Whipping out a, uh, a stretch muffler submission, we would see her muscle down and anchor down later on in this but not without a vicious series of strikes, the assault in the corner, the interceptor spear, and not just one insane elbow, not just an intense stare down for a pinfall, 
but a total of a trifecta of insane elbows. Another two after her initial ones. Guys, I was worried about Kyrie's condition on her own lower back. Kyrie Sane's, we've seen the toll that a proper insane elbow can take, or rather improper insane elbow, depending on how much of a landing this woman takes on her back. Kyrie gets so much air, and she's so dynamic in this delivery, that I fear for her safety as much as the next fan probably should when she's diving off that top rope. But an impressive match nonetheless, you thought it was going to be finished by this series of insane elbows. But no, Kyrie Sane would pull up the cover. A scary Sane would stare down Shayna, and she would anchor down as well. The twisted-like-a-pretzel anchor submission hold on Aaliyah with a backwards bridge and upside-down Bray Wyatt-reminiscent stare from Kyrie Sane to Shayna Baszler. It was unbelievable. I mentioned a character shift from Aaliyah. This was a complete killer character shift for Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane proving that she can hang when it comes to submission styling. Very much emphasis on that anchor submission. What a tie-up. What a major victory for Kyrie Sane and a momentum builder for Saturday. Of course, we have to look at the past history between Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. This was the inaugural May Young Classic Tournament Finals match. And it also happened on NXT television where Shayna would walk away with the victory. So this is not only a rubber match, but this is a huge championship match and opportunity for Kyrie Sane. Okay, that was a perfectly candid pausing point, if I'm going to be honest with you here, Team NXT. Major opportunity for both these women, though. Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler's rubber match in this two out of three series so far, but also a major opportunity on the line looking to the future of women's wrestling. WWE Evolution, All Women's Pay-Per-View, Long Island, New York, NXT Women's Championship has already been slated to be defended at this event. So whoever walks out of Brooklyn is presumably going to be the NXT representative as champion for this event. That is a huge opportunity. That's a major spotlight shown on the NXT Women's Division. Who's going to walk away and be that representative is yet to be seen. A finals rematch from the first May Young Classic. Shayna Baszler takes on Kyrie Sane for the NXT Women's Championship. And there has been a legacy of great NXT Women's Championship matches in TakeOver Brooklyn history. I don't have to mention it, but I'll mention it every single chance I get. One of the best, if not the best, women's matchup I have ever seen, live or otherwise. Of course, Bayley versus Sasha Banks at TakeOver Brooklyn 1. Asuka versus Bayley at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, another fine matchup, a road to redemption of sorts for Bayley. Last year, Ember Moon versus Asuka, maybe one of the most underrated wrestling matches in NXT women's history, and now we have the finale rematch of Baszler and Kyrie Sane. The legacy of women's wrestling in TakeOver Brooklyn history can only expand upwards from here, but let me stop talking about women's wrestling before I get a little bit too carried away, and let's jump into the North American Championship opportunity that Ricochet will get against the Undisputed Era's leader, Adam Cole. There is no denying 
The past year for Adam Cole has been something special. The War Games victory for the Undisputed Era. The only real speed bump being that Extreme Rules matchup in the loss against Aleister Black. But even then was an incredible match and the first Extreme Rules match in NXT history in the home of ECW. So even then, I'd say that's a little bit of a checkmark on Adam Cole's resume. And of course, we know who the winner of the inaugural North American Championship was in that ladder match. Supposedly, if you ask Ricochet, was stolen from him, Adam Cole still champion to this day, defending it against Ricochet. The Undisputed Era has shifted the landscape of the NXT division on all fronts. The North American title around the shoulder of Adam Cole, the NXT championship opportunity and victory of the Undisputed Era because of Roderick Strong and the implementation that he has done for this faction. So Adam Cole has a lot of insurance that can guarantee him walking out of Brooklyn, still North American champion. But Ricochet looks to shift that spotlight and the same landscape and the focus and the spotlight on the one and only. It's not about being good. It's not about being great. It's about being better than the other man. It's about being the best representative for that championship. I mentioned it on my Twitter a little while ago. I want to see this North American title become the workhorse championship of NXT. The implementation of the NXT UK division, that's going to deny the standard NXT television of other title defenses. Pete Dunne is going to be defending that, or I'll get to his competitor next week from the Barclays Center in a matter of moments, but we need a workhorse title on NXT. We need something to look forward to besides all or nothing. I, I don't know if that's the best way to phrase it, but the all being an NXT championship match and that sort of shock, maybe we can look forward to who is Ricochet or Adam Cole going to offer a open challenge to? Or what kind of opponent is going to step up in the likes of guys we know work hard, like the Oni Lorkins of the NXT world, like the Wolfgangs of the NXT world? Anybody who has a little bit of history with the Undisputed Era can be probably considered a worthy opponent for this championship and anybody you can picture and want to step into the ring with Ricochet, I can also see being a worthy competitor. The Chris Dijaks or uh, Dominic Dijakovic, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The Fabian Eichners, the Cesar Bananis, the Adrian Jouds, the Fabian Eichners. Did I mention Fabian Eichner? Hopefully, hopefully mention Fabian Eichner. Italian Cesaro is one I want to see go one-on-one with Ricochet. The speed of those two locking up for a quickly rising championship can definitely worth the spotlight. So whoever represents this title, Ricochet is claiming Adam Cole is hiding behind it and not a fighting champion. Ricochet wants to be the guy to step up week after week and prove the worth of that championship. It's not about being good. It's not about being great. It's about being the best representative for that North American championship. And it's about having the potential to be the best match of the weekend. Ricochet versus Adam Cole in a high-talent, high-stakes matchup for that North American championship. I'm going to acknowledge some redundancy and repetition in that last coverage with a little bit of redundancy, with a little bit of a man who favors his own redundancy and catchphrases 
D-R-E-A-M is L-I-V-E in F-S-U. Stay with me on the spelling here, Team NXT. And he's here to talk about his opponents in EC3. The all-denim dream this evening with a representative fanny pack as well. Nobody rocks an ornate. Nobody rocks or represents an unorthodox style physically in his attire and within the ropes, quite like the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream offering us an egotistical experience here. Crazy dueling chance from Full Sail. Really, really vouching for how over and how charismatic and how much promise each of these two talents have in the world of NXT. Crazy dueling chance. The Both of these men are so over that I think Dream was having trouble with the time constraints that he had to try and get all his points out. It kind of feel like it was a rush to get the Dream over speech out because of how crazy the Velveteen and EC3 or NX3 chance would be going. I, I mean, it's <laughs> it's great. It's really great. This promo had me so hyped. I still think that as far as in-ring matchups, Adam Cole versus Ricochet could be the best, but I think as far as storytelling and getting me hyped for what's to come at TakeOver, Velveteen Dream versus EC3 has the premier build-up in my mind. Both these guys so crazy over, doing the doing the most that they could. They couldn't finish... The time constraint, it was great. It's just something you have to watch. It's not a point I'm going to try and beat home too much. EC3's music would hit, and presumably that's how doves sound crying, according to EC3, is the way Velveteen Dream speaks. Dream would try and get inside the head of EC3, but EC3 promises us that he has, and I think sells real estate inside people's heads. He seems to be quite the property manager in the psychological game of pro wrestling. He builds parking lots, he builds shopping centers, he uh, he seems to have a whole EC3-based landscape, and I guess that's how he became the top 1% of NXT. It's uh, through some really good property investments. Calling out the fanny pack, calling out the, the provocative style, I, I would say, of the dare and bolding style it, it must have and take to... Uh, to rock the fanny pack in the same way that Velveteen Dream did, even instigating fanny pack chants from the Full Sail University crowd. Um, I'm not going to dismiss the fanny pack. If you look back on, uh, if you look anywhere on the wrestling Twitter, and if you look up and down Squared Circle on Reddit, I'm sure you can find it even recently. A picture of the rock rocking, the rock rocking a fanny pack, a a little bit of repetition and redundancy seems to be the theme of this episode here, Team NXT. Let's shift into a beatdown in this matchup. A denim vest thrown by the Dream to the dome piece of EC3 would get a little bit of a cheap shot setting up Velveteen Dream for an attempt at his patented roll-through Death Valley driver. But EC3 would deny that cheap shot and get the last laugh with a move with a similar setup the TKO 1%. I think they're just calling it the 1%, but it looks like a TKO sort of maneuver to me. So TKO or TK hyphenated O-N-E-P-E-R-C-E-N-T is how I have it spelled out here in my notes. Give me your thoughts on my custom naming for that move. 
I feel like just taking a phrase from somebody's theme song and throwing it into a mat into a move. There's got to be a little bit more creativity in that stretch there, but uh, give me your thoughts on my custom name for that. Let's shift just a little bit back into the Aleister Black investigation, a little bit more of a look on WWE.com with Kathy Kelly, kind of delivered in a, and I might be dating myself with this reference, but early South Park, who is Cartman's father? Could it be the 97 Broncos? Could it be Officer Barbrady? Could it even be Chef? Or Simpsons early on, who shot Mr. Burns? I'm not going to spoil any of those two episodes for you, but... My dated references, it kind of gave me that sort of vibe. A lot of suspects, if you want to go back to episode 64 and highlight my top picks, it's probably at this point in time between a newfound attitude of Cassius Ono and a man with redemption on black for his broken jaw, the Leviathan Lars Sullivan. But again, this attack would unfortunately bar Aleister Black from participating in a redemption match for his NXT Championship against Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, forcing William Regal's hands to deal us a last man standing match. Last man standing match, lots of builds for this one. Johnny Gargano is why Tommaso Ciampa is NXT Champion after vowing to Aleister Black that he cannot be NXT Champion. Johnny Gargano did not see victory in Chicago. He only saw suffering and ending Tommaso Ciampa, and that clouded his judgment exactly who is Johnny Wrestling. Tommaso Ciampa, however, vowing that nothing will change because I replaced you. I am champion, and it took just one moment for him to do so. It's no fairy tale. It's reality. Tommaso Ciampa is that reality check brought to the NXT Championship. But Johnny Gargano is dedicating everything in his power to deny Ciampa that title and vows to walk away NXT Champion. I would love to believe Johnny, but Johnny's judgment is crowded right now. Who knows what kind of input Candice might have to... Just question not just who is Johnny wrestling, but who is the Johnny Gargano that she knows? Can he see past this this sick, twisted obsession with his former best friend and DIY tag team partner? Brooklyn has already been a sort of bane in Johnny Gargano's career. The match that changed my life witnessing it live and probably the catalyst to why I sit here and talk to you. DIY versus The Revival NXT Tag Team Championships at TakeOver Brooklyn 2 in 2016. Johnny Gargano tapping out, bringing DIY the loss and sealing the victory for the top guys of tag team wrestling. Andrade Cien Almas, last year, kicking off things at TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Johnny in familiar lost territory there as well when the ghost of DIY in the form of Zelina Vega and a t-shirt would rear its ugly head and get inside the head of Johnny Gargano. Zelina Vega throwing the t-shirt, temporarily blinding Johnny Gargano, not just physically, but also mentally. The cloud of judgment would seal victory for Andrade Almas as well. Gargano getting a third shot at TakeOver Brooklyn. Will third time be the charm? Will third time be the most important charm of Johnny Gargano's career in the form of the NXT Championship. But it's not just 
the NXT title. It's not just the North American title. It's not just the NXT tag team titles. It's not just the NXT Women's Championship defended in the Bar- in the Barclays Center. I'm so excited. I'm getting tongue twisted. I am going to get to see, and so are you, a WWE United Kingdom title match. Next week on NXT television, it will be a rematch from the second NXT United Kingdom Tournament Finals. Zach Gibson takes on Pete Dunne for the WWE UK title. I cannot wait for a shoes off if you hate Gibson chant to resonate from the Barclays Center. I'm looking forward to that match. I'm seeing so much championship action and you guys are going to get to sit here and talk through it all with me. Pete Dunne versus Zach Gibson. Just a taste of the action in Brooklyn. It's the pre-show sort of displayed as the post-show and the aftermath of Brooklyn, but it's going to be a match that gets the Brooklyn crowd hot and energetic. I cannot wait to see Zach Gibson take on Pete Dunne for that United Kingdom championship. And speaking of United Kingdom representatives, UK rep Tyler Bate, one half of Mustache Mountain and one third of British Strong Style, takes on one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions, and one quarter of the Undisputed Era in Roderick Strong. A former WWE United Kingdom number one contender matchup that was shown in Philadelphia. The crowd obviously a lot more split. This was pre-Undisputed Era form of Roderick Strong, but then again, the Undisputed Era was incredibly over in Philadelphia. So I don't know if that attitude change would have affected Roddy's attitude or reception in Philly at all. But that Philadelphia match, there's something really interesting about that here, Team NXT. That was really the match that snowballed Roddy leading into his time with Undisputed Era. Think about it. Roderick Strong's victory over Tyler Bate in Philly would grant him a UK title match against Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne would be victorious over Roderick Strong to reclaim his title. From there, Roderick Strong would take advantage of a injured Mustache Mountain in Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Unfortunately, not able to enter the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic for themselves, the other member of British Strong Style, vowing redemption over the Undisputed Era, would step in and be Roderick Strong's tag team partner after Roddy would plead for an opportunity from General Manager William Regal. And of course, where we are today, the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and that NXT Tag Team Title Triple Threat Match, Roderick Strong would shift phases altogether, join the Undisputed Era, and be handed his NXT Tag Team Title. So Tyler Bate and Roderick Strong's history, very important, in this timeline where we currently stand with the redemption for Mustache Mountain against the Undisputed Era. Tyler starting off big and strong in this matchup, but overall I'd say it was pretty evenly handed throughout this entire thing. You could see the history and the experience of familiarity between these two guys as opponents. Lots of chemistry, lots of evenly matched spots, lots of clever counters for each other's signature offense. Incredible matchup. If there's anything that's going to get you hyped for takeover action, it's two men as talented as Tyler Bate and Roderick Strong. Cover for cover, 
counter for counter. There was an end of heartache counter in this match by Tyler Bate on Roderick Strong, just landing on his feet, absolutely incredible. But after some back and forth and hard-hitting action, the Tyler Driver 97 would bring a big victory and a big momentous moment for British Strong Style and the two reps of Mustache Mountain. Tyler Bate 97, Tyler Driver 97 of Tyler Bate, presumably born in 97, would seal the victory for Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, a victorious matchup here on NXT TV tonight, building momentum for that tag team title opportunity. There's no stopping now. We are full swing into TakeOver Brooklyn action, and I'm going to give you a couple of quick picks, but stay tuned for a more in-depth prediction show. It's some of my first video content. I'm doing a dual collaboration with Mr. Warren Hayes of YouTube fame. That's right, of Fightful.com's coverage. Mr. Warren Hayes will be joining me. It is Thursday, just after noon. I'm going to go do a shift at my karate dojo, and I will be back to bring you more in-depth NXT TakeOver 4 predictions. But here is a quick list of my quick picks. Mustache Mountain versus Undisputed Era for those NXT Tag Team titles. I don't think anything's going to be enough until they're faced with a forced Raid, I think the Undisputed Era's Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly will cook up a strategy. Whether it's by nefarious means or not, I see Strong and O'Reilly walking out with those NXT Tag Team titles, and I see big things for Mustache Mountain on the breakoff of the NXT United Kingdom division. Next up, EC3 versus Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream unable to secure a takeover victory last time against Ricochet. I see the homegrown talent, Velveteen Dream, walking out with a victory in my hometown of New York City. I see Dream being victorious, but not after an incredible match with the top 1%. North American Championship, Adam Cole versus Ricochet. I see Ricochet walking away with a victory and new NXT North American Champion. I'll get to a little bit more. Stay tuned for exactly why. Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. Pirate Princess giving it her all. Killer Instinct of Kyrie coming, coming, coming out to shine. But I really do see Shayna Baszler having just a little bit more of an edge. I see the Mixed Martial Artists Specialist. Whether it be just by the skin of her teeth or not, I do see Shayna walking out and still NXT Women's Champion. I see her taking the rubber match in this three-match series so far. And I'm going to go all in on these heel picks Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship, last man standing, by hook or by crook, by any means necessary, I just see this match type favoring the sick twisted mind of the psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa. Stay tuned for more NXT discussion and a lot more back and forth with Mr. Warren Hayes. Tune into YouTube, I'm going to get the audio up on my podcast RSS feed and you guys will be able to listen or watch however means you prefer. But thank you for tuning in to this audio of the NXT August 15th episode review. Happy birthday to Mama Mac. Mama Mac with a milestone birthday of her own on August 15th. So shout out to moms for this one. Thank you for giving me life and giving me the opportunity to step behind this microphone 
And stay tuned for all NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 coverage all of SummerSlam weekend from the 18th through the 21st. I will be there for the Barclays Center WWE events. If you're listening and you're there as well, reach out to me on any form of the social media and I'll be sure to meet up and say what's up and uh, just want to give you a huge thank you in person however I can. Stay tuned for more exciting events that weekend. We have Summer Rants coming up with Who Got Next Meetup and Rant with Ants and Diva and Demon at WWE Demon Diva. I apologize for butchering that at name. Who Got Next Kings of the Ring podcast. All of your favorites from the Wrestle Addict Radio. Guys, I can't wait to meet up and really do some wrestling conversation in person with you guys. It's been it's been few and far between you meet such a credible and outstanding group of individuals who really love this business as much as you you can see yourself relating to. Big shout out to everybody over at Wrestle Addict Radio. Cannot wait to get a little bit more of a formal meeting than we did in Philadelphia and of course talk some takeover over a couple of beers. After that, after all of the madness and the action from Takeover Takeover Brooklyn 4, what are we going to do? We're going to go to NXT TakeOver After Party in the form of Caveat in the Lower East Side of New York City, Caveat Comedy Club sponsoring Comedians of Wrestling podcast, Dan Black opening up a set for Dolph Ziggler. Tickets are still available, I believe, at $15. It might be $20 at the door. Reach out to at COW Podcast for more information on that. Dan, guys, if you're out there listening, I'm very, very stoked for this after party for TakeOver Brooklyn 4. You don't think many events can follow such an incredible spectacle like a TakeOver Brooklyn? I know, I'm asking you guys to keep up with a lot and a lot of repetition this week on the episode, but please keep up with all the social media that you possibly can at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. It's where you're going to find the premier source for SummerSlam weekend and NXT TakeOver coverage with me. I'm going to be going live on the Periscope. I'm going to be doing a couple things from the commutes back and forth. It's it's going to be some exciting time. Check out the Instagram for some pictures from the events and the meetups before and afterwards at Undisputed Future Podcast. All one word is that Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Give the page a like if you haven't already. And be sure to stay tuned with me on all your favorite podcasting platforms. The RSS feed is hosted on SoundCloud. It's the site I plug the most, but I'm also available on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox.fm, Stitcher, and all of those third-party sites that may or may not have access to my RSS and podcast feed. So however you're listening to me, whether it's your first time or over 50th time, I cannot possibly thank you guys enough. I would not be here without you guys listening. I am CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for TakeOver Brooklyn for coverage and all NXT discussion. Be sure to check out the expanded TakeOver Predictions show with at Mr. Warren Hayes. Be sure to follow Warren. Give all his coverage a listen. Have a great SummerSlam weekend. I hope you're anticipating TakeOver the same way I am and have a excellent weekend.